This show is a production of LifeSpring Media and is brought to you in part by gifts from listeners like you. LifeSpring 164, The Man with the Golden Heart, or From Korea with Love. Welcome to LifeSpring 007. Today we're reviewing the successful extrication from South Korea of a kidnapped child whose own mother participated in the stealth operation. It's a story of unknown informants, Web 2.0 social networks, computer hacking, government conflicts, even dreams from God. Yes, 007, if you listen closely, you'll learn of a mother's despair, her tenacity, and a man with a mission. Welcome, and yes, this is going to be a fun one today. I'm Steve Webb, your host. If you heard the special bulletin I put out a day or so ago, you heard a preview of today's topic. Back on show number 156, I talked to Mark Miller, founder of the American Association for Lost Children, or AAFLC, which is dedicated to going out and rescuing children that have been abducted from their parents. They don't merely circulate flyers or put pictures on milk cartons. They actually go out and make the rescues at no cost to the parent. It's a charitable organization, and Mark Miller is the real deal. He's a man who loves God and is committed to making a difference. I won't take the time here to tell you the whole story behind the AAFLC. You can go back in the archives and listen to 156 if you haven't heard it. Well, over the weekend, I received an email from Mark saying that he would be on ABC's Good Morning America on Monday morning, the 31st of March, with the boy and his mother, Kobe and Tiffany. So I wrote back asking to talk to him, knowing that there would be very little time for them to tell the entire story on the show. I knew there had to be a fascinating story to tell, and I wanted Mark to have the opportunity to get it out to the world. Well, right now, Mark is in a whirlwind of activity going from media outlet to media outlet. So what we did was squeeze some time while he drove from his nearest airport back to his base in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, uh, after having flown back from his New York appearance on Good Morning America. We spoke with him on his mobile device and me on Skype. The audio on his end is not quite what you're used to hearing on the Lifespring show, but it's not bad, and the story is certainly worth listening to. I need to set the cast of characters for you. As I've already told you, the child who was abducted is a boy named Kobe Lee. Um, He's seven years old, and his mother's name is Tiffany Rubin. The boy's father is Jeffrey Lee. Another person in the story is a guy that Mark recruited as an assistant. The guy's name is Basil Boz, or Mark calls him Boz. Then this guy's a former Marine and CIA agent who has another child recovery organization called the Association for the Recovery of Children. There are two people from the American Embassy in South Korea, Scott and Rachel, who played a part in the story. And lastly, there is Patricia Moore, Mark's new executive assistant, who helped set this interview up and has been on some cases as well. So now, with the stage set, here's my conversation with Mark Miller. Hello there, Mark. It's Steve again. Hey, Steve. Thanks thanks for wanting to do the interview. It's a blessing. I've just been very, very, obviously busy and swamped. Did you see the... Good Morning America show? Yes, I did. And it, it looked to me like it went very well. Of course, you never get enough time to tell the story, which is what I want to do today. 
Well, so Mark, yeah. tell me the story. Tell me, you know, kind of from from the very beginning on uh, Colby and and how you found out about the case, and and uh, just kind of go through it if you don't mind. Uh, not at all. Uh, this is some little key points that needs to be said, and uh, it, it, it is it has been said in different parts, but not completely um, as we speak here. What happened in August of uh, 2007? Dave uh, visitation rights to her, her uh, the father. And at that point, he didn't return the child home. So then she was so distraught, and that she had told me for almost two weeks she didn't even sleep in her bed. She made a cot outside her bedroom or was on the couch in uh, living area in her little apartment. And then I think she had contacted some groups and then was discouraged because it was just resource centers. And then her sister-in-law, around the end of August, contacted me. I got back with her, and, and it was a day or two later, Tiffany didn't call. So I called Tiffany back again, and I said, uh, hey, Tiffany, this is Mark Miller, Association of Australia. I said, uh, you have a missing child that may be in Korea. And I said, you know, we've never been there, but we've been in other countries, but mostly uh, in the States, but I'd be glad to help. And I think it was the third time, if I'm not mistaken, she finally called, and Tiffany told me that she was discouraged because here's what's happened. She had contacted a number of, them and a number of other groups, and her sister-in-law had contacted a number of groups, and even a mercenary, which had a lady that had a missing child, that said it would be $100,000 it would cost her to get that child out of the country, and there was no guarantee. Wow. Tiffany's thinking, now I'm really discouraged. I have no money. I live in an apartment. We're poor. And uh, so then I think the lady ended up calling her back and say 30000 days later, and, uh, she, and she said she didn't have it. She said, well, go mortgage your house. You know, they don't have a house. Get your mother or somebody to refinance your house. She said 30000 There's no guarantee. In the midst of all that, here she's talking to me. And then I said, we don't charge anything. She's thinking, right. And so I said, Tiffany, go to our website. Because I could tell doubt in her voice. I said, go to our website, view our video. And I said, you'll know who we are. So I want you to feel confident who we are, that we can try to help you. I live in the South Korea, but I said, uh, I'd like to go. If that's where he's at, we want to make sure. So uh, she saw the website, and she said, wow. And I said, and they said, Tiffany, we just operate on donations. We don't charge the parents anything. So from there, we made a plan. We, we did some things, not to say on the air. Um, ran information and uh, tried to, you know, window down to make sure if, to see if he was in South Korea. Then we found out he was. And that was around November that he was in South Korea, or is at that time. And then um, it wasn't until she, she made up the site on MySpace. So sometime, if, I think it was like December, January, somebody contacted her through MySpace and said that, uh, listen, your son needs to get out of there. He, he gets beat up at school. He doesn't like the food. He doesn't know the language. He, and he's obviously picked on at school besides being beat up, but uh, beat up is worse than picked on, but all that in, in, in the whole package because he is a biracial and they do not like uh, African-American out there in Korea and the children, so he's picked on, and it was like, wow. And then he said he knew the school that he goes to. So at that point, I had uh, maybe was in that neighborhood. That's when I contacted a friend of mine who has a small charity, uh, Association Recovery of Children, in Basil Paws, and uh, asked him, would you would you help me on this case? Would you go with me? And he helped me in, in Mexico two years ago. Uh, we were successful in getting two children in uh, May of 2006, and so he said yes. So we made our plans, and then uh, Tiffany was in touch with, uh, that contact in February, and meanwhile, somehow the father let Kobe call Tiffany towards the end of end of February for three or four times, because I think Tiffany, I mean Kobe, was wanting his mom so bad and wanting to go home that just to appease the little boy, he said, "Let's you'll call your mom," and he thought he was safe because what what Jeff did, which is the father, 
he renounced his citizenship from America and became a South Korean citizen and was applying for Kobe to be South Korean citizenship, which makes it, like, impossible to get out of the country because it's a male-dominated society over there. And same thing like Japan, men have custody. And so it doesn't you know, matter what paperwork you have. So then Tiffany got to talk to Kobe, I think, uh, like, four or five times on a few different days. And she was excited and emailed him, emailed him back, and then he didn't email him. Well, at that point, one of the conversations, uh, Kobe was stating that he's going to be changing schools, and we thought, wow. And his school was out till March 3rd, so we didn't want to go, obviously, before March 3rd, because we didn't know what school he was going on, and wait to see after March 3rd. And at that point, uh, from our contact, sometime after March 3rd, said to Tiffany, uh, the anonymous contact over there, made a comment that the school was coming back up the third, that he's not switching school. Jeff is going to switch school, just being a teacher somewhere else. And uh, he would, uh, he's switching schools. So Kobe's at the same school. So then at that point, uh, we tried to arrange our schedules together, and it just so happened that it was Easter, which would be her Easter present. We were leaving uh, on Easter morning, or I was in Easter morning, to fly from Pittsburgh to uh, JFK and meet up with Tiffany. And Tiffany and I flew together that afternoon, 1 o'clock, 2, and it was a 15-hour flight to South Korea. And, we didn't, and it's 13 hours ahead of us, so we didn't arrive in um, Korea till around uh, 5 p.m. Monday. And so at that point, we met up with Bob, the other gentleman, that evening around 10.30 at a hotel, which we already had planned. And at that place, we went ahead and um, discussed till about midnight uh, what we were going to do and told Tiffany to stay behind at the hotel. So then Tuesday morning... Uh, we had planned around 7 o'clock uh, in the morning. Bob and I was to get a taxi and go to that school before the kids get there. We saw the classroom, uh, looked at the best way, entrances of the school, the best uh, escape route, and just uh, sat in the park right next to the school at a little distance, watched the school kids. We just tried to see which one was Kobe. It was hard because it was a little cold there. They had hats on, uh, hoods on, and couldn't make out uh, too much on their face and at, at the distance. I thought one might have been him that was wearing a baseball cap, but I thought, I don't think he's going to be playing baseball because we never heard of that. And so uh, we discussed that, and then well, we went back to the hotel in the morning, late morning, and this contact called and said he has some information to give us. He, he said that Kobe is playing baseball. And I said, God, I bet you that was him. And he walked up from the bottom of the entrance, and I said, he lives down that way then. And so we went back to the school, and uh, we watched again to see if he was going to play baseball afternoon. And then at that point, we, we didn't see him. We couldn't make out who he was. And it was around like 2, 2.30, and we ended up getting a taxi. He said, we need to make a run to the embassy because we want to see how long it's going to take us to get to the embassy, what door to get into the embassy, and such and such. And we went to the embassy, and we found out that Wednesday, uh, they're only open from 9.30 to 11.30, so we only had two hours of opportunity. So we had the route down, we had uh, directions in Korea to get to the embassy to make things easy for us because sometimes you try to tell them and you get the taxi, you can't understand, you get another taxi, another taxi, because before we got directions in, uh, in uh, Korean. So that next morning, that night, Tiffany said, um, I believe it was that night we were talking, Tiffany says, you know, Mark, I'm a little afraid. And I said, oh, Tiffany, we'll pray. I said, you know, in the past, I said, God has really given some of these parents or kids dreams. And I said, it's awesome. I said, the one boy we got out of Colorado, God gave him a dream that night. And the next morning, we were getting the child. Uh, the little boy said to his dad, Dad, I dreamed that you were coming to get me last night. Mm. Amazing. Oh, and praise so God. Then, How wonderful is that? Oh, it's awesome. No. And then in, um, uh, in Lebanon, before we went to Lebanon, God gave 
two dreams about getting the children through this revolving door, and the boy would be first, and that's exactly what happened. The boy was taken out of school first, and then the girl. And the text got just like the dream, and the dream was twice, uh, so it was confirmed by God. And then another case in Germany, Maria Nicholas, uh, she was given a dream about her little girl before we got the child. Before I went to Mexico last year, Veronica, she's just a young mom, and she's just so distraught, too, and it's in Mexico, how are we going to do it? And about two weeks before we went, and I said, oh, Veronica, you know, we're just going to go down there, and we're making plans and encouraging along the way and praying with her. And she called me one afternoon, I think it was two weeks before we went out there, maybe sooner, and she says, Mark, she said, I had a dream last night. I said, okay, what was that about? She said, I was praying with the boys at home, and tears are streaming down my face. (laughs) And I said, Veronica, God has shown us. He's shown you you're going to get the children back. So as I'm telling this to Tiffany, this is in Korea. Tiffany says, Mark, God had, I had a dream. And she says, and my mother had one. My sister-in-law had one. We were playing with Kobe back home. It was real. And I said, Tiffany, God has shown you we're going to get the child back. <laughs> and I was so excited. It was encouraging. I said, Tiffany, I said, not that um, this works all the time, but it's like God, you know, it's like God's, you know, and our ignorance and our doubt at times is trying to help me along to encourage me more and also the encouragement for the family because I just believe God has such nothing to do with Mark Miller or the charity or anybody else. It was He was going to use these people as instruments, but he looked down upon Tiffany and saw that little boy needing help. And then he knew that I'm going to have such compassion for Tiffany and that little boy. I need a couple donkeys that's willing vessels that's just going to go. I don't care whether they get arrested or whatever. They're going to go and risk their neck. And I think I know of a donkey that I could use. But I have this compassion for Tiffany. Nothing for, not that he don't have compassion all of us, but it was the compassion for that. And then he brings the people to put in place to be the donkeys to go and, and uh, vessels to be used. Amen. And that's what I truly believe. He's an awesome God. And before I got to tell you this, I, I went out there. Monday night I couldn't sleep from midnight when I tried to lay down to sleep. 5 in the, 5.30 in the morning, I'm tossing and turning, and I'm thinking, Lord, help me, I've got to sleep. Well, I've got to get up at 7, so it's 5-something, so then I didn't get any sleep. So then I worked all that day, and I finally, it's like 8 o'clock, it's like I need to get to sleep. I crashed from 8 o'clock till midnight, now I'm wide awake at midnight, I thought, well, at least i got 4 hours of sleep. So I'm thinking of scriptures in my mind, and I'm trying to prepare at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and it's like, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and trusting the Lord with all your heart. And then I, I'm trying to doze off, and, and it may be like 3 o'clock, and I believe I dozed off, and it's like a fog, and all of a sudden the song's playing in my ear. This is the morning before we get Kobe. This is like 3 in the morning, we get him at about 9. And it's like, how great is our God. Sing with me, how great. And I'm getting up, and Amen. I'm just so excited. Amen. I'm singing, <laughs> I read the Bible, and you know, and still... And I tell you the rest of the story of what happened because we almost didn't get out of the country. You know, you still have all this doubt coming in trying to bombard you. Because what happened then, we, we went and we planned on going that morning, Wednesday morning, and I hope everybody can follow along the story here. But Wednesday morning, we got up and early, obviously, and prayed, and um, we all met together at uh, my um, uh, my hotel room. And then from there, we I said, let's want to get everything organized and be ready to go and for Boss to check out of his hotel room. And our plans were, we're going to go to the school, and uh, Boz is going to, he was covered up pretty good, so you couldn't tell if he was American, uh, African-American, or um, Korean. And then Tiffany, we had her put white on her hands to make her look more, uh, a lighter color, had a, a mask, they wear masks for um, pollution, some of the women out there, so we put a mask on her, and then she had her hood up, and it was cold over there, uh, and uh, kind of, 
the one, the one day was rainy, so had hoods on, so this day was a little chilly, so she had her hood on, so you couldn't make up who she was, and, you know, if she was Korean or Japanese or whatever. So at this point, we're waiting in the park, and we get there by 8.15, and the school starts at 9, and we see the kids going in, and she thought she could have, one might have been Kobe, but it was hard to see, and, you know, how they come in fast, and there's so many kids, and they're bundled up, and so we, we waited, and it's about 9.15, then it was like, make a move, and I'm in the park, sitting away from Tiffany and Bob, they sat together like they're a couple, and I was um, at a distance, so that we don't look like we're, you know, if, in case they thought we're Americans, we're three Americans, so at that point, we made the plan, which we had already designed the day before watching the school. So then myself, Barth, and, and uh, the mother went up to the school, uh, to the school, up to the classroom. Now I stayed at the bottom of the little the stairs, which is on the second floor. And I stayed there. Barth went on the top of the floor, and she went and opened the door and said, Kobe, and called his name, I think, three or four times, and he finally heard us. And then the teacher came out, and she said, I'm the mother. And she said, oh, okay, good. She spoke a little English, and, and Tiffany said, can I have a couple minutes or, you know, a minute or two with Kobe? And she said, oh, sure. So um, she walks past the classroom, and it's down the hallway. The teacher goes back inside, and they come to the top of the stairs, and Boz and Kobe's walking down the stairs, and I'm right there. And so I let him go ahead of me because my plan was I was going to be a decoy, and I was going to be the last behind and wait about 30, 40 yards as they leave the schoolroom just in case something would happen. I'd kind of block or whatever was going to happen. To, uh, to give them more time to get out of there. And so uh, as uh, they're 30, 40 yards ahead of me, they turn the corner, and I'm proceeding on, and we finally got out of the schoolyard. Nobody was after us. And then they're walking up the street, and then we cut across because we had a plan where we are going to try to meet, get a call for a taxi at. We had a, uh, a wig already for Kobe, which uh, we told uh, Tiffany to bring from New York. And so we put that on Kobe to try to disguise him more like a little girl. And... Um, then I, I went ahead of them. I passed them at a certain point, and they went into this little apartment complex to wait for about uh, 30 seconds or a minute, and I hurry up and try to wait for the taxi, flag a taxi down, and we had directions to get in Korea to get back to a couple blocks from where our hotel is. We didn't want to be dropped off at the hotel. And so we dropped a couple blocks off. We all got out, went to the hotel. We had like 10 minutes, and we knew it was about 35 minutes to get to the embassy or 40 minutes to based on traffic. We knew what door to go in. So, and, and they closed at 11.30, so we had to be out of the hotel. Our plans was to be out by 10, and we got out by 10 till 10, and we were a little bit ahead of schedule, which was wonderful. And then we went to the embassy and uh, got there around 10.35, so we were way ahead of schedule. And then Boz, uh, I'm sitting with Tiffany and Kobe, and then Boz is talking to somebody from the embassy. They come around side. They just shuffled us into another room. They knew there was an international kidnapping uh, felony charge for uh, the father and other charges that may be pending because he did the fake passport and uh, whatever number of things if they would press it. But if he never comes to America, they're just going to let him be there. So at that point, we're at the embassy getting papers. They said it may take a couple hours for this, and, and we're talking back and forth and this and that. And meanwhile, they said, I think Kobe's uh, father called the embassy and, and acted like he was the school and said that, hey, uh, I'm, I'm the, uh, the, uh, this is the school, and the, you can't issue a passport unless the father signs for it. Well, the embassy can, because of the circumstance, can't. So the embassy is issuing the passport, and then um, we're talking. And meanwhile, it's starting to get a little more trickier. Um, we asked that they would help us. They said they would an escort. Meanwhile, they found out that his father filed kidnapping charges because since he had denounced his uh, citizenship from America and he was a North Korean, uh, he was adopted in America, born in North Korea, and he became a South Korean. They look at it as a trophy because they feel like, that's what the embassy uh, gentleman told me, he feels like uh, that this 
that Korea feels like they've got somebody that uh, kind of defunct from the North Korea that came here and also denounced their American citizenship. Like, what a prize. We've right. got somebody that wants to be here. And he was trying also to make Kobe a citizen, a Korean the dual citizenship. He can't renounce his American citizenship on a child until they're 18 or more. They have to do it on their own. But anyway, and so he called kidnapping charges. So they're trying to investigate, being that it's a male-dominated society. He has, the man has custody, whether our papers say it or not. So the embassy called, the, it was like a secret service Korean police that was uh, going to meet us at a certain location at the airport. So we kind of came in the back door. But these two other Korean police walked us to the counter, was watching so that Jeff didn't come in and try to grab the child, along with the two embassy person and people and myself and Boz and Tiffany and Kobe, all at the counter, and we were going to try to check in. Well, as we're checking in, then the Korean air says, no, no, they can't check Kobe in. It's like, why? It's because his passport isn't stamped to come in because he's leaving. So the, the embassy's talking to him and the Korean police, like, hey, you know, he's... Uh, it's, and it's a charge. He don't have his passport. Embassy issued a new one. Yada yada. No. So they send us back to another room. So then we go back to this other room, and then we're talking with well, not myself, but they're talking in the Korean language back to this other lady from immigration. And it went on for a few minutes, and it just, she seemed like real firm and stern, like there was no way. And they're talking back and forth, and finally she um, agreed to stamp this uh, passport, come in because circumstances behind the child of the international kidnapping. So they, she finally agreed. Then we went back to the counter and we checked in. So now we're going to go through customs. They let us through customs. So now we got to go through immigration. But before we got that part, the embassy uh, had to get a special pass to come beyond these, this, the, the customs and immigration. And so they said, they'll be back. They're going to walk with us the whole way. And we said, great. And we said, hopefully, you know, we'll see at the gate. And so as we're going, before they left, Scott from the embassy, he's telling me, he said, Mark, what Kobe did, Kobe's father did is he filed kidnapping charges in his little area up there. And he says if they take it to the prosecutors in that area, what's going to happen is, he says, and they, they can look into this, stop the plane, and he says, we can't help you anymore. He says, well, we've done all we can. You guys have a blessing. He says, but I think they're going to stall it because there's an interference with child custody, uh, I mean, kidnapping. It's an international kidnapping warrant, but it starts out with an interference with child custody in America and then it becomes an FBI warrant, and then when they, when they can prove they're out of the country, then it becomes an international kidnapping warrant. And so with that in mind, he said it may embarrass us, even though he, he was telling us that he's a Korean, being a Korean citizen, they like to stick up for their own, and they're trying to see if Kobe's a Korean citizen. And he said they'll be back, and he said hopefully that they'll just put more of a window of gap, like give us another hour or two to get on this plane, you know, give us some time, and then it'll be too late to stop anything. So that was our time frame. And so meanwhile, now it's like five-something, and, the planes to leave at 7:30, and we're supposed to board at seven. So we after we after they departed, they left to get their passes through customs. After customs, we go to immigration. Now we pass through customs. Immigration looks at it, lets me through, boss through. But they look at Tiffany and Kobe and says, "No, we're not them through." We said, "What?" So that secret police comes with us. The Korean police company are he's standing in, in behalf of us, and he's standing there. And then they said, "No." So we have to go back through immigration. And we have to get to this seating area, and this other, she gets this other lady from immigration. They take it in the back room, and they're talking, yada, yada, yada. And they're saying about Kobe being a critic Korean citizenship. We said, no, he's not. Here's his American passport, and here's his American birth certificate. He's not. So they were talking and talking, and we're, thinking, we're waiting 5, 10, 15 minutes, and waiting for the Scott uh, and the Rachel from the embassy to come with us to our aid. And they came. 
So then they talked and talked, and then they decided, well, they're going to go back to that first lady that we talked to that was immigration. We have to pay a $106 fine and also convince them that he is not a Korean citizen. And so they said, could you leave Kobe here? And we said, sure, I'll watch Kobe. So Kobe and I are playing tic-tac-toe, and Boz is there with me. And so Rachel Scott from the embassy, the secret police, and uh, the Korean police from the airport, and um, uh, Rachel and Scott go back outside of customs, go back to that area, and finally, it's like about 6 o'clock, a little after 6, they finally came back, paid the fine, and they finally okayed it through immigration, and then we made go down to the line, and they followed us all the way to the plane, and now it's like about 6.30, we're about half hour before they board, and Scott telling me, he says, I just believe and they're not going to do anything. At this point, we just want to have another hour in the plane to take off in the air. And at this point, um, I took pictures with them, I thanked them, and I told them, I said, Scott, you know, I said, you all are a blessing, you and Rachel. And they said, thanks. I said, you know, we get back, there may be some publicity on this if people want to hear about it. And, and I said, we will mention your name. He said, yeah, please do that. And I said, I will, because I said, you guys have stayed over backwards. You've helped <laughs> us as much as you can, and we just so appreciate it. And it's a miracle. And so anyway, as we're waiting, they walked us all the way to the gate. And then uh, we get on the plane. We board the plane pretty early, so we still have like 15, 20 minutes. Tiffany and I are sitting there uh, with Toby. And the stewardess comes by, and she has this piece of paper looking for somebody. And Tiffany turns her head and thinks, like, oh, no. And she looks at me, don't tell me it's me. We've got to get off the plane. And so then another lady comes by looking, but they were looking for someone else. And oh, so man. finally, it was like everybody boarded. The plane started to go, and we looked, Tiffany looked at me, and it's like, couldn't wait to get to the air. Then I was like, thank you, Lord. And so <laughs> we got so all the way to the end. <laughs> oh, man, what a story. What is Colby doing during all this time? Is he excited? Is he kind of aware of what's going on? Or no, he's not really aware of what's going on. We kind of kept. He's playing. He calls me Uncle Mark. Okay. It was funny at the embassy. I laid down, and I'm 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 just really drained because it's only a few hours of sleep in three days, and and the excitement, and then also being in charge of overseeing everything and making sure everything goes smooth. Uh, it's just a lot of uh, little stress and extra pressure. So I, I just lay down in this little jungle gym. It was a small little jungle thing, whatever, where the kids play with. And Kobe's playing with games, and he's crawling on me. And his mother says, what, what do you think? I said, then I said to Kobe, what do you think I am, a jungle gym or something? And he said, yeah. And his mother said, get off. I said, oh, no, Tiffany, that's okay. You can crawl on me or whatever. But he said he started calling me Uncle Mark. So, And then later on, I played tic-tac-toe with him. So he was... Uh, you know, but not to him that uh, I known to him that he was not aware of exactly what was happening. He knew that we were there was problems with the what time I said, Oh, they gotta get something cleared up with the passport. Like, okay, and there was something else at that and then he did understand a little Korean. So he could have caught caught on a little bit, but not not you know, maybe like ten percent that there was a problem with the passport, not like, you know, how, you know, intense it was yeah. to that you know, and the stress that we were trying to weed through and get through these barriers to get out of the country. Right. So, okay, I've got another question, too. One of the, the parts of your plan that I'm thinking, oh, golly, this is this is kind of dicey, is calling for a taxi. Why did you not rent a car? And, you know, in some countries, believe it or not, in, in Lebanon, I rented a taxi. It was easy. I just fell from the Lord. And then in Germany, I rented a car. And then in Mexico, I rented a car. But out in Korea, I just felt led to go for a taxi. And I'm glad I did because, wow, it is so confusing. The highways to get around, it, I would, I, I'm just so glad I figured we're going to do it that way. Okay, all right. So it depends on the country, I guess, is what's going to happen. I can I can understand you know having somebody that knows the area drive instead of you trying to figure it out so that that makes sense as well from the airport to where he was at it was an hour almost an hour and a half from where the hotel was and then from where the hotel was to where he was at was another 10 15 minutes and then from where our hotel was the embassy was 45 and it's scattered all you know it's 
forget it. And you involved the embassy, uh, what, for political protection, I, I suppose? Well, actually, to get a passport. We cannot get out without a passport. So he didn't have a passport. He had a passport coming in, but we did not have a passport to leave. So okay. that's what they were going to issue us another passport. Okay. And they had to verify that he had an international kidnapping warrant, he meaning the father. And they had to verify that with the FBI to get all the clearance so that they can issue the passport and move forward. Now, um, the reason that the father took Kobe to Korea was what? He only had visitation rights. And, and let me say this for spite. In the majority of all cases, that's what they take the children. They say they may love the children, but what happens is, Usually, uh, it's about 90% of the ones that we find. Once the child is uh, rescued, given back to the, the custodial parent, the non-custodial parent that took the child will not keep in touch with the, with the boy or girl or the children, whatever, afterwards. There'll be birthdays, holidays, they figure, forget it. And the child usually starts putting up a wall or it becomes distance between them because they've been, these children, not all are sexually abused, but there are some. But the children go through stress, trauma, that usually told the other parent is dead or made up lies of the parent and uh, that the other parent's no good and this and, and yada yada. So when they're caught, then they re- the child realizes they've been lied to. So then they usually turn around to the other parent that took them and realize, you lied to me and, and this and that. And then it's like, why did you do this? And so that's what happens. So most of the time, it's out of spite. So the children become a trophy for the parent. And that's what happens, and it's like he's going to get this child, and it's going to be a trophy. And sometimes his grandma raises the child, and like the one, I mean, I can go on and on. Cases, a case in Mexico, the father wasn't even raising the child. The grandmothers, uh, the grandparents were raising the children. And that was, and so many times it's like that. It's, you have the cases where they just take them out of spite because they're going to get even. Either the person got, you know, the, it's a woman, they've got a new boyfriend, or they married and got a new husband, and they realize, oh, boy, this boy's going to start calling that guy dad. i got to get out of him. Some of them say, take him. I'm not paying child support anymore. I'm not supporting them anymore. And then, uh, you know, just there's all kind of reasons, but it boils down to getting even and anger and vengeance. So um, his father then uh, was born in North Korea, you said. And... Uh, and adopted in America. He was adopted by parents in Pennsylvania. So how old was he when he was adopted here in America? I think he was only five or six when he was adopted. And uh, I take it he's 30-some. I have to figure out his age. So he's been in America maybe 30 years. And so really then going to Korea was just a way to get away from the mother. And uh, he had that country uh, kind of in his back pocket where he could run to. Is that sort of how it went? Exactly. And his mother uh, living in South Korea, and I don't think she speaks much English, and he's it's so strange, and he doesn't speak much, very little uh, Korean. And um, anyway, he ran there, and that's what happened for his refuge. And so then he wanted to hurry up and become a Korean citizen and make Kobe a Korean citizen, and then so that Tiffany's going to be stuck and not can't ever get the child. Gotcha. So Kobe was abducted on, I'm looking at your website right now, August 21st, 2007. And so did uh, the father then take him directly to Korea, or did they take kind of a, a strange route, or, or do you know how that went down? Um, that, actually, I won't even speculate. We thought that he might have went to California. Or, he has a brother, actually, in Arizona, that he could have been there, so we had to do some, you know, a little investigative to figure out could he be in California with a friend uh, or even New Jersey with a friend. And he might have been. Maybe for a day or two he did. We, I don't know that. That's all speculation, but yeah. he was in Korea. Okay. I mean, shortly after he took the child. Gotcha. And then, so how did you confirm that, that Kobe was actually in South Korea? Well, first of all, a gentleman that was the anonymous person through MySpace that contacted Tiffany had also contacted officials and said that they think this child's missing, that he was uh, in there. And I think somebody 
from the State Department did a check uh, and came up to his apartment and found out that he said, yes, I am wanted, and yes, I have a criminal background because he has a criminal background. And he said that, uh, you know, um, he wasn't going to let him see the child or whatever. They said, the child's fine, everything's doing fine, and they left it like that. So at that point, it was confirmed back with Tiffany through that other contact what happened, that the child is in South Korea, and then we have to get through the contact to find out what school and then make our plan what we're going to do and how we're going to get them out. Are there any precautions being made now to be sure that there's not some sort of repercussions? He doesn't maybe, you know, send someone back into America to try and get him back? I mean, how does that work? To get him back out, of course, they'll need to get a passport, which will be hard. But he, he could get a fake passport and he could come back into the country, you know, illegally. Yeah. If he comes under his history, he's going to get arrested right at the border because his passport's flagged. There's a felony charge for his arrest. But he still, he could try to make it in. And so if he does... You know, she just got to be careful, and uh, what happens is I think she's going to also get a restraining order and get him served with that, too, to let him know that, and, uh, which still, he still can try to sneak around that. She's still got to be a little cautious, and then continue, as Kobe gets older and more time goes by, that she can tell Kobe that, you know, what could happen, because he does not want to go there. He doesn't want to be with his father. It's tell him he's got a screen, no matter what his dad says, you know, and, and go from there, but, um, you know, anything's possible, but we still want to She's got to be cautious, but I think in in terms of this, because there's a lot of publicity, he's going to wait a while to calm things down if he is going to try to do things, which will buy some time for everybody to jail and, and, and teach Kobe, but, you know, it could happen, yes. Cool. Well, he looked like a very happy boy this morning on TV. He didn't talk too much, oh, but uh, he, he's young. He's only seven years old. They did a radio interview, and he was really outgoing with that, maybe with the camera. We're also supposed to be on um, Fox Tomorrow, no, Tuesday, Wednesday, morning news, Lord willing, it's uh, with Mike and Judy, Fox Network, cable network news, in the morning show for about 15, 20 minutes. And they're going to have the, this other case, that, one of the other cases that God used us to solve here in America, where actually the father had custody, and the mother kept the boy out of school, changed the boy's name, uh, just tried to brainwash that little boy. So, but that boy's so cute, and he's seven or eight, so I believe... With him on the show and Kobe, that he may have uh, you know a lot of excitement and fun and be able to you know get some good information from those little boys, uh, their heart, what, what's going on. Oh, that'll be and great. And then we're all supposed to be in the morning show. And then also a searching parent, the one we have that case has been we had for years now. That's been almost ten years. So, so are you going to put that schedule on your website so that people can come and maybe see what the uh, the appearance schedule is going to be? If Patricia can get that on there, she's been uh, going to just try to email everybody and let them know that they're going to be on. So it's, she's been a one-man show. All the stuff that she's doing <laughs> is what I was doing besides finding missing children. So she knows it's overwhelming. We're, we really need another, well, at least two more humans there. I say humans, you know, we're like robots running through this with uh, very little sleep. But anyway, we need a couple more bodies that are really, you know, help us out. All right. Well, you so, know. But yeah, I don't know if she'll be able to get that far with it, but she's, because we're also hand on. Uh, other press too, not boasting, but it, there's so much hopefully in the making that would help benefit the charity. But I tell you, if, if they would have known, if we got the publicity, which we, we didn't for Lebanon because it was just us going out there, myself and Patricia and the other gentleman at the charity, and it was just too wild. And uh, that was more dangerous than this, if you can imagine, because there's no embassy in, in um, Lebanon. We right. had no embassy there. Right. We did, but it was closed out. It was twice dramatic than this. But, uh, but this is good, you know. I mean, this is wonderful. So this was just really like almost like secret agent type stuff. Oh, definitely. And I'll say this, Tiffany is just a wonderful person. If I tell Tiffany, I said, you know what, 
we're going to be friends for life. And she smiles and laughs. This is good. And I said, you know, because I really like to get, you get close and you bond with the parents and uh, the searching parents. Because you get to know the heart. And Tiffany probably laugh at me if I say this, but she has 134 IQ. She's a smart lady. Ah. She's a school teacher for three years. So people, you know, when they are very articulate, and uh, she's been teaching for three years there, and she would like to become an attorney and, and eventually get her you know, a jurisprudence and that. But anyway, she's a terrific woman, mother, uh, very good mom, and, and uh, Kobe's, he's unrestrained right now, and I was telling Kobe, look, uh, I said, discipline's good. I said, your mother's got to set some structure to you, and uh, you've got all the freedom, and you just run around. I said, you've got to listen to your mom now and, and know that um, structure's good. And I said, you know what, I might come to your house, and I said, and I might just stay there for about two weeks, I think I said, and just really watch you. And I said, I'm going to make sure you get disciplined or whatever. And he, is that okay with you? And he said, can you stay for a month? And I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I can do that then. Oh, that's great. <laughs> He's a cute little kid. <laughs> oh, that's, that's fantastic. Well, Mark, thank you so very much for sharing this story. And uh, we will be praying about the needs that, that you guys have for support and and, uh, sure. and more help for the for the ministry. And uh, oh, God bless you, Mark. And, and uh, I, I know that you'll have many more successes, and God is going to do some some other fantastic things. And I hope that we can uh, maybe talk again and, and hear about those oh. as, as God brings them about. Anytime. And Steve, thanks so much for having me on the show and for uh, you know having a heart that you know wants to let the story be known and let our charity be known and to be part of a team to move forward. And that's what it takes. Because everybody has their part. Some parts are for people... You know, on the airways to let let the story be told, and other people are hands on, other people are praying. So, all the way around, we just so appreciate it. And I want to say this too: this one little thing is, we how we get some support is through the honor boxes or vending machines where people have candy machines out there, vending machines that like to use us as a sponsor. We have that. That's small source of uh, income coming in, there, and that would help us out too. So, it's honor boxes or vending machines. But just keep us in prayer. Thanks for having us on. Steve, and I'm always looking forward to being on again. God bless. Wow, quite a story, huh? I'm telling you, Mark is the real deal, ladies and gentlemen. Not content to just read about missing children, he felt the call of God to do something, and he followed. As I said, Mark, Kobe, and Tiffany were on the Good Morning America show earlier this week, and if you'll go to Mark's website, aaflc.org, you'll see a link to view that interview and several other links as well with other videos and news stories. I will, of course, have a link to Mark's website on the show notes page at lifespringmedia.com. He's also scheduled to be on the morning show with Mike and Juliet on Fox Cable on April 2nd between 8 and 9 a.m. Most of you won't even hear this show until after it's too late, but they will probably have a link to that video as well. Also, I'll put a link to Boz's website on today's show notes. And if you would, pray for Mark and the AAFLC, would you? And also Tiffany and Kobe, and even pray for Kobe's father, Jeffrey. God has done some amazing things with these folks, and AAFLC needs donations and staff, and Tiffany and Kobe obviously have been blessed by God, but they need his continued presence in their lives. Pray for Kobe's father, Jeffrey, that God will reach him as well. I want to thank Mark again for being on the show, and I want to praise God for his hand of protection on his organization. Next week, be sure to join me for another great LifeSpring show. I look forward to seeing you then. Until then, may God bless you richly. I'm Steve Webb.